top tips for looking for a job. Best rating to get after your constant speed unit. What flight planning app do I like to use on my iPad? My pet hate as an instructor. And worst habits of pilots I've seen. I answer all these questions and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 68 of Flight Training Australia podcast. The podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson. Thank you for joining me. How you going? Hope you had a great week and a great weekend. I've had a, certainly a very busy week. I uh, had my IPC yesterday and my EPC, which is my examiner proficiency check on Wednesday. Um, yeah, a little nervous uh, with CASA, the flight examiner I've never flown with before, heard all sorts of things. Um, but uh, I did what I tell everyone to do, dug deep, did all the study and uh, got the return on investment at the end for the good solid pass and uh, get to be an examiner for another couple of years. So that's pretty cool. It is always a good reminder, though, just, you know, having those nerves, being put into that assessment situation to just remember as an instructor and also as an examiner what applicants are going through. Uh, it's nerve-wracking for any anyone any time. Um, it does get better as, as you get more confident, more proficient with things, for sure. But certainly in the early days, it can be a very nerve-wracking uh, experience and... I certainly do everything in my power to help settle an applicant and uh, keep them at ease. But um, ultimately, it's up to the individual to see how they go. And I'll touch base on that um, a little bit later in the episode. What else is news? Part 119. Well, who would have guessed it? It's been postponed. Um, yes, folks, apparently only about uh, well, 35% of charter operators or 135 operators have submitted their training guides and uh, training safety manuals and that's not enough to roll it in. It was all meant to kick off on the 2nd of March but has now been delayed to the 1st of September. Um, from what I've heard from a few of you, quite frustrated and disappointed actually um, and I think rightly so. There's there's a couple of things at play here. Um, every rollout of new uh, regulations or changes that have been done by CASA, it, it really seems to have dragged its heels. Um, it's been delayed and then delayed again. And I think CASA's got really needs to sort of lift the game a bit here and, and do better. If they're going to put out a release date, then it needs to be done. People have just got the attitude now, I think, that, well, they're just going to postpone it. What does it matter? They've uh, postponed everything else. And I couldn't really disagree with them. But for those that have gone ahead and written their manuals, uh, invested in training their staff as instructors uh, with the various uh, training endorsements and, uh, yeah, training head of training, training heads of training and, and checking and possibly, uh, yeah, contracting others outside, I hope it doesn't create a cost impost on them. Uh I mean, it's going to come into play. Yes, the, the process can still sort of take effect in its current form, and that would just mean you won't need to hire outside as much if you've got internal people trained, I guess. But um, 
yeah, just frustrating to not be able to kick things off um, when they're meant to, especially when it's already been postponed once already. We had the same with Part 61 and the like. So anyway, we'll see what happens. All right. So... So I put out a call out for questions on Instagram on the weekend. If you're not already following me, Trent Robinson Aviation, do a search. Link's in the episode description on the uh, podcast player you're using right now. And a heap of you answered. It was a fantastic response. And um, I answered a couple on the story, but there's a few more here I thought I'd go through, and there's some more that I'll cover in another episode later on. So the first one is from Big Eyes Chan. And I always love reading out these names. And this one was tips for looking for a job. All right. Uh, be a charter company or flight school. So I'm not sure if he's an instructor or charter pilot. It doesn't really matter. It's all the same thing. So first of all, tip number one would have to be listen to episode six. If you haven't listened to that one already, it's one of the most popular episodes on the uh, the series so far and in there I go through all the things to really think about including getting your resume written and um, approaching people but the well-presented resume really is the number one thing as I said in that episode why spend you know let's just call it a hundred thousand dollars on developing yourself not to then spend just a few dollars selling yourself like come on it, it's crazy even Still, I'm I'm hearing applications going out that are just woeful. Uh, copy paste jobs just sending out to everyone that has an airplane on the on the flight strip, and it's just meaningless. All right, guys, don't do it. You've gone to all this effort. Sell yourself. Go and get the job that you deserve. All right, you want to deliver it personally if possible. Tip number two: uh, nothing beats a face to face. It is difficult. Just remember. Uh, we are actually busy. We go to work with a plan of attack of things we need to get done. Uh, it's rare that we happen to have a bit of downtime. So wherever possible, try and request a, a meeting or an opportunity. If not, just be gracious to drop the resume off and make an impression with whoever you do drop it off to. And they'll pass that on. And usually after a couple of weeks, they'll have a chance to have a read of it. And then if things are happening, you might get a call. When you get your call, you get your interview. That's the time to shine and that's the time to present yourself well. All right, and my third tip would have to be research your applications. Who are you actually applying to and do you hold the qualifications and experience for that role? Don't apply for jobs uh, that you don't qualify for. It's just annoying and it's wasting time. It's disrespectful and it doesn't look good for you and you never know down the track that that may have an impact on you. All right. So big guys, Chan, thank you very much for your message. You, um, I wish you all the best and let me know how you go. All right. The next one, I don't know how to pronounce this is from Oz Voik and, uh, they've asked the best rating to get after CSU. All right. So CSU is constant speed unit. That's the, uh, variable pitch propeller, basically like having five gears and an aeroplane and makes the propeller pitch change and makes you as efficient as possible. It's actually now the design feature that you get is called the MPPC or the Manual Propeller Pitch Control. And I have touched a bit on this before, but it's, it's basically come about because the Cirrus is a an example of an automatic uh, aircraft that 
it's like driving an automatic. You just put in a percentage power and it figures out the rest. But there's no manual manipulation of the propeller pitch. So it's an MPPC design feature you want to get. And you can get that anytime, really, from, from RPL onwards. Um, and the answer to the question, what's the best rating to get afterwards? Look, I'd, I'd probably just say a 200 series aircraft, either 206, 210, uh, the most common, or a twin. And that will then also take care of your retractable undercarriage. There's probably other things you could do as well, but I think that's probably the most generic answer and the most useful for everybody. Uh, what twin doesn't really matter. Remember, there's twins that are used in charter operations, but a lot of those are quite expensive. Um, I use the Baron up here, not because it's necessarily in charter ops, but it's just what's available to me. I've used Seminoles and Duchesses before, uh, part Navias, um, but the best, I think the best uh, twin to do it in is a retractable. The process of engine phase and handling is just so much better uh, training-wise in a retractable twin than it is in a fixed-gear twin. Um, that would be my only sort of caveat on that one. All right, Oz, thanks for the question, mate. All right, next one is from rbrown78, and they've asked, uh, what flight planning app do I like to use on my iPad? Okay, here we go. I'm sorry whether you like that or not, but I am an Osramos user. Why am I an Osramos user? Because that's just what I started out with, to be honest. <laughs> um, look, I, I grabbed Avplan. I didn't like it as much. I liked the features that um, Osramos did for IFR planning and trip plates and all that sort of stuff, which are things I'll go into on another episode. Um, and I just, I think once I got used to that user interface, I struggled to adapt a bit to Avplan. They are both fantastic products. I see this come up on online portals all the time and everyone starts arcing up and carrying on. Look, it's a Ford Holden, uh, BMW, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Um, They're all great products. They really are. And one will come out with some innovation. The other one's going to follow. Then they'll come out with innovation. The other one will follow. We've got four flight coming out now. Um, So that's just got approval by CASA. They're still yet to just do the final... Uh, add-on for um, the charts and all that sort of stuff. But Oz Runways, Avplan, fantastic products, Australian-made, four-flight, not Australian-made, um, but a fantastic product. I've seen what that can do, and it is incredibly powerful. And I think once that comes on the scene, all that's going to do is drive uh, the developers of the other two products to lift their game even further. Uh, there's Garmin Pilot, probably more suited for those who actually own their own aircraft and have the interface with their avionics. Um, but yeah, I'm an Osramos boy and it works fantastic for me. So they both come with free trials. Don't do them both at the same time because you'll probably find you don't really get to use it properly. Just pick one, run it out, subscribe to the other one, give that a good run and then make your decision. And look, to be honest, it really depends on your application, if it's going to be VFR, IFR. Um, I mean, I use mine for interfacing with all the the regulations, obviously. I can just access the CSRs and the MOS and everything else. I've got a Dropbox link in there, so I've got a whole heap of other 
um, advisory circulars and things, uh, the flight examiner handbook, all that, just at the click of a button, as they say, a touch away, so I can pull up anything I need anytime. Um, I'm sure Avplan probably does that as well. Again, not going into this research, nor am I trying to do a pros and cons of both. But these are the things that you want to just have a play with and then um, pick a winner afterwards. All right, hope that helps you. Alrighty, what's next? My good friend, that Mellar guy, he's back. My pet hate as an instructor. Whew. Doing a lot of instructor training at the moment. We've been talking about things like this a lot. Look, I, I would have to say, um, and I think as a teacher, be it a school teacher or a, a, as an instructor, it's this, it's a common theme. Probably not being prepared and putting in the effort, time wasters. Um, especially when I get people asking me to, and everyone that's flown with me now is going to start wondering, is he talking about me? <laughs> no. But people, you know, say, oh, can you please fit me in? I, I'm, I'm desperate. I need to fly. And then you sort it all out. And then sometimes months ahead. And then you get there and there's just like, it's almost like, okay, we're here now. So now what? And there's just no preparation at all. I just don't get it. Um, especially at the upper end of, of training that I'm doing. This isn't the first rodeo. They're not a basic ab initio student, obviously completely different ball game. But, you know, even then, after the first few lessons, we should all know what's going on. This stuff costs money. I don't understand why people are so willing to just throw away good money. I've told plenty of people this. I'd rather you just give it to me and I'll go spend it far more wisely than just throwing it away. I know how to fly. I've got my license. I don't need to be doing all the radio calls and hands-on and, and just helping you out because you don't know what to do. Now, I'm not talking about training either. Obviously, there's certain things that I do teach you and tell you, and any instructor with the site will do that. But showing up unprepared is no good, all right? It's, it's disrespecting yourself, and it's disrespecting the instructor. So put in some effort. Try hard, and then we will move heaven and earth and do anything for you after that. But not putting anything in, just expecting us to spoon feed you and handhold you, uh, it's not going to work. And it's certainly not going to work when you're out there trying to find work in industry. Um, that would be the main one. A couple of others, I thought. This one gets me every time. We'll be sitting there talking on the intercom. Everything's just fine. But when someone wants to make a radio call, they've got to move their little fingers up. Yep, you know what I'm talking about. Grab that microphone and just make sure it's in the right spot. I don't get it. It's been working this whole time. We're intercoming. There's no dropouts. It's going to be the same when you press the press to talk button and communicate on the radio. All right. Who, who else sees this? Who does this? I can tell you it's just about all of you. All right pushing the mic into your mouth. Oh, God, drives me nuts. Please stop doing it. All right. And the final one would be body odor. Look, learning to fly, doing a flight test, um, it can be stressful. I get that. We, re, 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 what do we do? We admit hormones. All right. The smelly ones, causes bacteria. We all know what body odor is. All right. Just be mindful of it. Um, but I do know that some people are just going to work every day as well, um, you know, not getting through the day too well. So 
find a deodorant that works for you if you want to use natural ones or the hardcore one, whatever. But, um, yeah, just a bit of personal hygiene. Be mindful of body odor, bad breath, that sort of thing. I've always got to be careful of that. You know, a cup of coffees in the morning can get any of us. So just be aware of that as well. It's really hard when you're sitting in a tight space and um, on the bugle. All right, Dan, thank you, mate. And I hope you manage to find some time to get an episode out very, very soon. All right. And the last one we've got here is from Nikki Bobby 7 Hopefully, some reference to uh, Talladega Nights there. And if not, just uh, coincidental. And he's, or she, has asked the worst habit of pilots I've seen rudder. More importantly, not using them. Um, especially people who have been flying twins for a while, even though you need to use rudder in the twin. Um, oh, poor rudders, they just get left behind. But also just misused. Um, sitting with your feet up on the brakes, thinking that the brakes are part of the rudder. They're not. All right, The rudder pedal is that little bit right down the bottom, the brake bit's on the top. Don't put your feet on there. Oh, I'm holding my feet off. Now, you've still got some brake on. It leads to brake wear, it leads to flat spots on tyres, all sorts of things like that. Um, but just the rudder use as well, landing crooked. Learn how to look down the nose of your aeroplane, find out where the reference point is, where it lines up on your engine cowling, shape and structure on the dash, whatever it is, um, and learn how to use your rudders and keep the aeroplane straight. Don't just land crooked and allow it to pull straight. Works all right in a tricycle, doesn't work so good in a tail aeroplane, let me tell you. So for general piloting, um, that would probably be the worst habit, not using the rudders effectively. Um, big sky theory, not looking out. I know it's a, no, a non-technical skill item that's on the flight test forms and it's a instructor push thing, but it's just so important. I've, I've seen so many examples where, especially up here in the Territory, um, you think you're out there with nobody else and the next minute there's an aeroplane. It doesn't mean it's a near miss, but they're out there. So don't have a near miss because you're not looking out and assuming you're out there by yourself. The other one, which is grinding my chain at the moment, so public service announcement. Actually, I'm really glad you've asked this question. <laughs> um, the regulations at the moment say that you only need to make a radio call if you feel there's there's a effect on safety if there's a need to. A lot of people have interpreted that as, I don't need to make radio calls anymore. I'm talking about uh, CTAFs, all right, country strips. People, this is not the case. Just make an inbound call. How hard is it? What does it take away from you? I've had so many people, and I know I've banged on about this before, but it's just keeps coming up. And there's going to be a midair as a result of somebody not making a radio call because they themselves didn't think anyone was there because the person that's there didn't think they needed to make a radio call because they didn't think anyone was there either. All right, hopefully that made sense. Just make an inbound call. If someone makes an inbound call, respond. Let them know that you're there. After that, the rule is in play. Make calls appropriately. If they land, then you don't need to say anything else. I've got no problem with that. But an inbound call and a taxi call outbound should be the absolute minimum. But remember someone comes on frequency, respond, let them know you're there. 
Um, if you're coming inbound, just make a call, please. I would just be devastated to to read in the paper or the news that there's been a mid-air collision as a result of uh, poor communication. All right, I don't even know what happened with the helicopter thing um, on the Gold Coast there, but two helicopters operating for the same company, uh, communication, did it play a part? I don't know. Did they know each other were there? Did they lose sight of each other? No idea. We'll have to wait for the findings, but one thing's for sure, that communication can go a hell of a long way to avoiding an accident. All right. Thank you, everybody, for all those questions. That was awesome. Um, There's a couple others there that uh, Ian McDougall, <laughs> former student of mine, wanted to know, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen sparrow? And, of course, anyone who is a Monty Python fan will know, well, in order to answer that question first, one must know, is it a African or European sparrow? All right. I did post the answer in my story. And um, if you missed that, well, I might put it up again later on. And uh, my favorite aircraft is the uh, Colcad. Ask that one. Well, that's the uh, F4U Corsair. Love them. I still haven't seen Votion on Netflix there. Um, been waiting for my wife to be free to watch it. So got to hit that up this week sometime. Just been so busy. Um, but yeah, Magic Aeroplane. I've seen them in flight. Never flown one myself. Would love to one day. Um, so fingers crossed there. All right, everyone, thank you again. Everyone that um, mailed in goes into the draw for a hat. I will draw that at the end of the month. If you'd like to contact me, info at trentrobinsonaviation.com.au, as, so as so many of you have done, and thank you again for doing that. Really appreciate it. Um, what ahead, fantastic review left on Apple Podcasts there, mate. Thank you so much. Beautiful words. Um, really heartfelt actually it was really lovely thank you means the world to me and everyone else that's left a rating or review or shared it with a friend jumped on patreon whatever uh your support means the world and drives me to keep releasing great content every week for you all right special episode next one uh, episode 69 it's uh all going to be about flying down under until then, blue skies, and remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. We'll see you then. Cheers, guys. Cheers.